0: What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every Monday on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, my name is Michael and together with my wife, Marsha, we run the minimalistvegan.com, a blog where we share articles, recipes and podcast episodes like this about the intersection of minimalism and veganism. In this episode, we're talking about a very exciting topic for Marsha and I it's all around cooking and how we can create the enthusiasm and interest to get in the kitchen and cook I know I've had my struggles with this over the years and uh, and Marsha certainly helped me out in that vein um, but there's a lot that we cover in this episode from the barriers to get into the kitchen um, you know trying to assess cooking versus time what resources we need to be able to execute meals growing confidence um, and then we also talk about some practical tips on some essential ingredients that we have in our kitchen, some uh, some skills, some baseline skills that you need in the kitchen, as well as some equipment that would really benefit you and your journey. So I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I'm going to chime in after the episodes to fill in any gaps. Chat to you soon.
1: Okay, we're well, on, Michael.
0: Yeah, we are. <laughs> What are we talking about today, Marsha?
1: So today we're talking about cooking and well, obviously in our case it's vegan cooking, but we wanted to um, discuss how important it is to acquire the skill of cooking and obviously talk about the challenges of it and um, the different perspectives that we both have and opinions and skill levels and all of that.
0: Yes. In regards
1: to cooking at home, um, and maybe I guess we can even reflect a little bit on our, about our upbringings and how you know that impacted and influenced where we are today.
0: Sounds good. As you as you as this episode comes out, it would have been yesterday that I published this article uh, yeah. about how to go vegan, uh, and it was this huge guide that I put together, and I realized a key component of going vegan is having the ability to cook. Yes, you can be vegan and eat out all the time. Mm. But if you're caught in a situation where your spouse isn't vegan or your children aren't vegan or your parents aren't vegan and you've been dependent on somebody else to cook food for you, then it's going to become really difficult for you to sort of transition to your vegan lifestyle without that skill set. But then I thought about it, it's like, out of all the skills that you can possibly have in life like what's more fundamental than being able to cook yeah like and that's and
1: so many people it's such an oversight like for me it's like i just i'd go insane not cooking for a week
0: well do in high school it's interesting did you take cooking class yeah yeah i i i don't know I if mean, I mean i
1: did but i it wasn't
0: did you look forward to it at the I time, don't I don't think I even looked forward to it.
1: It wasn't, but it wasn't the type of cooking like our cooking was very different at home to what we were cooking at school. Like at school, it was just your basics of pancakes and there was a lot of bacon. Yeah, it wasn't anything overly exciting. But Whereas even I preferred cooking at home with my mom or watching other women in my life cook at home.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, but it's interesting, like, even, like, with the knowledge that and hindsight that we have about this great skill in cooking, like, I think I would have valued learning anything about cooking in in high school. Yeah, I think it should actually be a
1: mandatory class to learn the fundamentals of cooking. And I'm sure that they taught us, but it was just such a dry way of teaching that it was like, I'd rather not do this, you know.
0: fair enough. Yeah, so depending on what school you went to, your experience is going to be a little bit different from that. But, you know, nevertheless, I think it's like...
1: And when, you know? Yeah,
0: and when it was introduced. So, I, I, I had a few questions for you, but I think, I think where I wanted to start this was more about like the, you know, okay, so you can either choose to cook your own food or you rely on others to cook for you or you eat out. So, I wanted to talk about eating out for a little bit here because, um, you know, as many of you know that I've been experimenting with eating one meal a day. That's been a little bit on and off uh, more recently, but that's put a lot more pressure when we go out to eat. So, already there was a bit of pressure built up of being vegan and finding good vegan food to eat out, but now it's like finding a significant amount of food to eat. You're investing more money into that, so there's more riding on that decision. And, but we find that with with having Marsha around the house and being such a good, talented cook, I mean, she has over 100 recipes, so she's got up a lot of experience over the years in cooking. And now comparing that to the experiences that we generally have eating out, mm. more often than not, it's like the food that we're eating at home is a better experience than eating out. Yeah. Um, and Why for, thank you. Yes. <laughs> but for a long time, it wasn't, that way for me, mm. so and that probably leads to our upbringing. But sure, my family cooks, but we also ate out quite a lot. Mm. So a lot of full time workers, a lot of people eat out. Like we'll get takeaway, uh, you know, even <laughs> even we'll get takeaway individually at the same time at different places, um, and that was quite a normal thing. For home. Yeah, for home, just right. to bring back home. We'll never even eat there. We'll just go get takeaway, bring it back home, go to our rooms and eat it, and that's pretty <laughs> pretty common. And see, Uh, that's
1: outrageous for for that to happen in my family. Sure,
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, So, talk about that. Like, how? what's the contrast in in your upbringing?
1: Well, we barely had takeaway. And when it was, it was probably like pizza or like Turkish pizza or something that my dad would get for the whole family. Yeah. And it would be kind of like a spoiled treat that we would get on the weekends or we'd go out and eat with him. Yeah. so, that was, and yeah, so I don't really, like, it was ingrained in me to cook at home. Sure. Like, eating out until we started dating wasn't really too much of a thing. It was more of a special occasion. Or if you go out, it would be like for coffee and cake. It wouldn't be to actually eat a full-blown meal. It was only really for birthdays. And even then, my mum loved cooking up a storm and cooking our favourite foods for us. Right. Right. But for us to actually buy separate meals and go to our rooms to eat, that I don't think ever happened because my family values a lot eating around the table together. Yeah. And it would just seem a little bit outrageous to buy food and not consider anybody else. So if there was food purchased, it would be for everyone. If there was food made most of the time, it was for everyone. Yes.
0: Um, well, I should also say that we did buy – if we got food out, we would get it for everybody else as well. But sometimes, like, we'll just have different preferences and there'll yeah. be no hard feelings if yeah. we went our separate ways with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a really you – know, I can definitely see that now with your family for sure, uh, having that strong value. I think for me, the perception I had was that getting takeaway or eating food out was nine times out of ten going to be tastier, better experience than eating at home. Mm. so it's only now that this has started to shift the other way and this is obviously going to be dependent on where you live in the world and what access to vegan foods that you have available in your area but yeah I'm really fascinated by, by this idea and we'll get to a bit later in more detail of like spoiling yourself with ingredients like the money that you would have used to eat out go buy like the ingredients you would never normally buy and make some really unique foods at home like that's really exciting to me now Um, did you ever think I'd be talking this way at the beginning of our relationship?
1: Um, I mean, we used to do that, you know. Sometimes we would go out and and buy ingredients to make like trifles and that sort of stuff. So, it was, you know, something that I guess we've carried on through our relationship, but it was more of the the naughty things, you know, like let's create something that's healthier but still naughty at home Yeah. or things that you just couldn't find already made yep so that's i mean yeah it actually doesn't surprise me oh cool that you would kind of now come around to that point but what does surprise me is that the quality i mean maybe for us is because we value how much we spend on things that now going out and we've traveled quite a bit Yep. In terms of the quality now we're comparing on a global scale rather than just local. Um, it's In a way, it's dropped. But considering that there's more vegan options out there, you would think that people would pick it up a little bit more to stand out. So that, you know, you would choose them over going somewhere else. Yes. Because there are more options. Yeah. So, but... I don't know. It's interesting. I think we've also become more homebodies. So it's probably and now that we don't have a car anymore, it's not as accessible to us as it once used to be. So... If
0: anything, it puts more pressure on the meal being good out. Yeah. Because there's more barriers to getting there.
1: Yeah. There are some things that I still enjoy eating out, but I would I kind of prefer just making food at home unless it's something that's like, oh, I'm craving this particular meal and I know where to get it from. And I know that it will deliver, you know. Yeah. Unless you have that certainty in you to be like, okay, it's gonna actually give me the satisfaction that I'm looking for, then it's it's a gamble. And a lot of the times that we've done that, the gamble hasn't paid off. Mm. So it's like you get let down, you get disappointed. You go, I've just spent a lot of money on this. So
0: disappointing. And then you. I just, don't know. Too and then
1: you're still hungry. That's the I worst part. I don't
0: know if there's many more. Look, I'm an exaggerated person, but many more uh, poor experiences than than being disappointed after eating out. Yeah. That is just so heartbreaking to me. Yeah,
1: And you get worn down, you know? Every time you're like, is it it worth it anymore?
0: Yeah. It's
1: interesting. I don't know if it's with age or with more barriers that we have or maybe we're just a little bit more lazy as we're getting (laughs) older to bother venturing out. But 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 talking
0: about that that part like we we're in a we are in a unique situation where we both both work full time at home yeah so but you uh,
1: would think that that would want us to get out of home and
0: but uh, but i mean like we've we've both also worked full time we've had day jobs we've also felt the pressure of time Hmm. um but like if if somebody's listening to this right now and has aspirations of getting in the kitchen more. And let's face it, I think a lot of us do. Even if we don't, a lot of us would love to spend more time in the kitchen. Uh, and it's evidenced by the popularity in cooking shows here in Australia, things like My Kitchen Rules, MasterChef, um, you've got Netflix series, A Chef's Table. Like you've got all these really popular cooking shows that we all gravitate towards. Yeah. Because food is. So something that is so essential and fundamental to everybody. Mm. And it's how we express a lot of our love. Uh, actually, I was, I'm coming back to my points, but I don't know if you remember this. You probably won't, uh, which will uh, make me very sad. But when we first started dating...
1: Now there's pressure for me to remember things. Um,
0: I <laughs> invited you over for dinner. And the whole week I got advice from my sister and my brother-in-law because I was a pretty useless cook as to what to cook. So rather than going out... It was like, okay, I have to up my romantic game. Uh, And I made this... A lot of people laugh at this. It was just like a a leek and mushroom, white sauce and pasta. But I had like a bottle of wine and things like that. I was so stressed out (laughs) making this. And it was, you know, it's... Looking back now, it's a really easy recipe to create. Like right now at 31, like I could... Without following any recipe or anything, make an, a really easy white sauce. Even vegan-friendly, that's mushroom and leek. Yeah. Just like so that. So, you're
1: confident with that? I'm question. confident in that right now.
0: Okay, that's good. But, oh, oh what, are oh, you questioning me?
1: Oh, I'll uh, I'll put you to the stand tomorrow. <laughs> okay,
0: sure. <laughs> um, I'll report back, guys. <laughs> yeah, look, I just don't measure anything, so I might be either too runny or too thick to your standards. But, you know, I, I can make it. I don't measure anything either. Um, <laughs> But back then, I was, like, so stressed out trying to put this meal together. It came together in the end. You enjoyed it. Look, no pressure for you to remember it. I vaguely remember it.
1: I don't remember too much detail. But, yeah, vaguely rings a bell.
0: Sure. So, but, like, I think, you know, being able to cook something that not only that you enjoy, that you're proud of, Mm. but to have the people that you love and care about a lot enjoy that food as well. Yeah. That's such a good feeling. Mm. like it's like when you nail a meal and everyone's like just on a high off it it's like so good so so good so I think if you're listening to this and and you're like oh I'm not really into cooking just my goal our goal is to help you get to that first meal where you knock it out of the park and everybody loves because I guarantee you're going to be more interested in getting back in the kitchen if you're able to have that experience
1: but you know what's interesting how you're mentioning like cooking with love I think you can tell when something's been cooked with love, like you can taste it, you can see the passion coming through, especially when grandmas are cooking something, they put so much effort into it. Yes. You know, there's the basic things can taste so amazing just because the way that they've cooked it, the care that they've put into it, the decades that they've perfected this simple simple recipe yeah and you don't kind of in some ways i guess depending on where you go and which chef you get but you don't really get to experience that out and so when you're at home and you're cooking things yourself okay you sometimes might be under a lot of stress and pressure and you know you might be tired and a lot of factors come into play it really comes back to cooking with love that can really change the way that something tastes. Yes. Mind you, I do sometimes cook with love. And even though I'm tired, and it doesn't, you know, what's the worst part is when you cook something and it smells amazing, but then it doesn't taste as good <laughs> as it smells. That's yep. probably the biggest disappointment. But yeah, cooking with love is something that's really important. And I think, I feel like a lot of chefs lack that. And when you go out...
0: Well, because it scales, right? Yeah. Like so it, maybe they create the recipe with love. Yeah. But then it just scales to their team and, yeah, and it you, becomes a you machine. you don't know
1: what's going on. You yeah. know what I mean? For them personally as well. Yeah. When they're cooking and yeah, how tired they are, what mindset they're in. So...
0: Yeah, but I know what you mean by the, the whole like the like grandma sort of experience. Like even my grandma when she lived with us. And should make something it would taste really good, and I don't know if grandparents just have more time or. Well, they <laughs> but, do, but they do, but, but they
1: also have more expertise. They have
0: experience, sense. but yeah, it's like the you just it's like the onions just chopped ultra fine. Everything is taken like with mm. the most care. And mm-hmm. they've pieced it together. And they always seem to have some trick up their sleeve and you mm-hmm. always, always appreciate it. And it's like, it's not like it's like the same every single time if it's the same recipe, you know what I yeah, mean? So, yeah, it's yeah. like there's all these other factors that you don't get in a restaurant where it has to be the same. Yeah. Um. It can be a little bit different every time, which is really great. But getting back to the point of like where most of us are at with cooking is, you know, because I think was it just last week we were talking about minimalist exercise and, and finding using minimalism to create time for more movement in your life yeah uh, i mean it's the same with cooking it's like mm-hmm. it's it's such an easy thing to push down the priority list yeah. because mm-hmm. we've got families we've got careers we've got life to live yet again there's not many more fundamental things than cooking yeah so what would you say to to, to that person who understands yes that cooking is beneficial mm. but they claim to not have the time or the interest in getting into cooking
1: well i think it's as long as you have a strong enough why mm. which is the hardest part right when we're so busy and we're sort of so caught up in what we're doing that we don't even think and i guess it also come back to your upbringing if it's not it's never been a priority for you and your family then it's probably not going to be a priority for you as well yeah Um, it's always been a priority for me and my family. So that's why I think I've carried that on and the passion's kind of followed through. But there are a lot of people that also ate like rubbish when they were growing up and have turned, you know, something's flicked on in their head or they might have had an amazing experience eating out somewhere and that's triggered them to want to start experimenting in the kitchen, maybe even go to chef school or do something with it to fulfill that sort of passion a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, it comes down to the why and really understanding that cooking really should be a fundamental thing that everybody should learn. Yeah. And I think it should be invested into primary schools, high schools more because when you equip yourself with cooking and learning how to cook, you're less likely to eat poorly. You're less likely to to order takeaway, to eat out more frequently, to spend more money, to have poorer health, to then spend money on drugs and seeing doctors. And, you know, I think that should be the basis of most people's lives yeah. and taking that time out. I believe that there are some European countries that still do this to this day where over lunchtime everything shuts down and they go home to cook lunch for a couple of hours and they come back to work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need more of that globally in a world where, you know, in places like Australia where we live in the US and the UK where people are just so busy that they just don't even have time to go and buy lunch, let alone make lunch. So, it's just about shifting culture and and how we see food as a priority and cooking. And, yeah, it's got to be
0: worth it. Yeah. We've got to figure out a way to make it be worthwhile. Yeah. Because like, I mean, in, in previous jobs, I've had like a 30-minute lunch break. Yeah. And I might finish at 7 o'clock some yeah. days. Yeah. So, and I don't have children. Mm. Well, if I could have had children, but I had a business on the side, all this stuff, right? So... There, it, there's, it's very quickly that we can build up these barriers. Mm. So, so quickly. And it's easy to justify the barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's
1: like, but, well, I'm making more money and I'm working hard so I can justify treating myself yeah. to buying takeaway because I can afford to A and because I don't have the time or the energy. It's more so probably the energy.
0: Energy is a huge thing.
1: to To go home after a big day to cook.
0: Especially if you don't know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, to pull out a recipe book. Yeah. Like there's not many people that will do that. Pull out a, a cookbook and be like, right, let's get into this.
0: See, and let's have that conversation now because I think another barrier is ingredients. Is, is, okay, there's a few things. It's having the skills to be able to cook. Yeah. And it's having access to the ingredients at home to be able to cook. Yeah. And or then, like
1: specifically uh, cook certain yeah. things if you're not comfortable with randomly putting so this is what I want to talk about because like
0: I think uh, you know I imagine getting home after a long day of work yeah and one not being a very confident cook yeah 2 I'm not a reactive cooker so I can't just pull things together unless Mm. it's like toast Mm. like some really basic stuff like pasta and toast or rice and something I can't just pull things together based on scraps that are left in the house right so that's another barrier and then there's the time and the energy Mm. So that it, it's me chopping onions on a Sunday afternoon, where I've got good energy, compared to like a Tuesday evening where I've had a huge day, mm. is completely different. Mm. So that love that we're talking about is gone. Yeah, it's about like survival. a goal, a survival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then if you've got to feed other people, then it's the expectations of meeting, making sure you're cooking something that's edible for them. Yeah. Not just yourself.
1: <laughs> not You're like, not enjoyable, just edible. Edible. Yeah.
0: How many times have we done that? Like you've been really tired and you slap something together and you're like, well, just take it.
1: <laughs> just eat it. Just eat it. <laughs> and I'm like the
0: same. I'm like, you're like, can you cook? I'm like, well, you're cooking, like you're eating on my terms. You're like, what's that meant to mean? And then like, there's this c- conflict of like, well, oh, you're not going to think about me when you're cooking. So like, there's that pressure as well. So I think. Well, we've got
1: very different taste palettes. A lot of the time, so that's where it's different, yeah. And again, it's based on our upbringing and our cultures and stuff, but that could also just be we... preference. There's yeah. siblings, you've got different yeah.
0: taste preferences to your siblings, you know, even um, for some things. So it's like, okay, so with all of these barriers, it, it What's makes the solution, yeah, it makes <laughs> it makes cooking sound really daunting. But more recently, um, like I've been trying to cook more, and like this is not anything significant, like I mean, like I've cooked four meals in the last week, um, two weeks two weeks sorry Marsha's counting I'm Uh,
1: not counting but I feel
0: like I've (laughs) nailed all these meals yeah I've nailed all of them you
1: have and
0: (laughs) (laughs) it felt great
1: you want a pat on the back
0: I do Uh, for the 50th time (laughs) yeah and I cooked with love I cooked with focus dedication I wasn't listening to podcasts or anything I was just in the zone but I think the key to that success was I cooked things I knew how to cook and we planned yeah so, you know, we literally put it into Google Calendar, all of our, the meals that we're going to cook that week. Mm. So, in my head, I'm like, I knew that I had to mentally prepare for those meals. Mm. And then more importantly, I had to make sure the ingredients were available. Yeah. Because how many of us go to cook and we don't have one or two key ingredients And it throws everything out of whack. Now, Mm -hmm. someone like yourself who's really skilled, you'd be like, oh, well, I'll just replace that with that and it'll still work. You know, you just like bend and fix it. But for someone like me who's a bit more novice, it's like I need the ingredients. Mm. So, if the ingredients are not there, Mm. that can literally be the difference between me going, oh, screw this. I'm going to go get (laughs) something out. Like literally. like This is Uber Eats. Too hard basket. This is too hard. This is too much for me. I don't have the ingredients. This is what I want to cook. Now I need to cook on the fly and produce something I'm edible. I'm sorry.
1: Have you ever bought Uber Eats in our I've house? Never got Uber so Eats. So I don't know why you're referencing Uber Eats. <laughs> I tried Uber to eats. have a universal example.
0: <laughs> um. So so yeah, that's literally the difference between me cooking or not. Yeah. I, I like that's how precious I am about it. So yeah. like, and
1: that's where I normally step into the kitchen, roll <laughs> yeah. up my sleeves, and go, oh my God, so I'll just bloody do it.
0: Yes. So what? So what is this like? This cooking on the fly yeah you know, like could you talk us through how we can go about managing ingredients? What are the different approaches? What have you found to work?
1: Well, look, cooking on the fly is not for everyone, obviously. And you need to have a certain level of confidence and understanding of what goes with what to be able to execute. Yeah. So that just comes with time and practice, honestly. And paying attention to what you enjoy and even what flavor combinations you see out when you go and eat out. Like, oh, I wouldn't have ever put those things together. Like sometimes when I cook and my mom has the food, she's like, I would never, even last week, she's like, I would have never have put those things together. Yeah. But they work so well. Actually, my last recipe, she had some, the vegan miso soup with veggies and noodles. Yeah. She's like, I would never have port eggplant in a soup with, ah, right. with carrot and spinach and mushrooms. And yet it works so well. it's I good, was it's like, really good. that's interesting. And she said that to me multiple times in the past. Yeah. But it's, it, and it goes to show that, you know, she, and sometimes I'll be cooking something, And I'll be thinking, oh, she'd never put these ingredients together or even my grandma, I remember when we were visiting her, she had such a strict mindset in her head because she kind of growing up, she was watching a lot of chefs cooking and so they have certain principles as to how things should be done. Yeah. And it's like these flavours go together, you stick to that. And I pulled a couple of vegetables out, I can't remember what they were. She goes, you can't put them together. It's like a it yeah. yeah, you can't like you just don't do that. And I was like, I've done this dish a million times, Grandma. Step away from the kitchen bench. <laughs> Let me just cook my food. And I still made it. And I don't. I can't remember if Another she tried line of it. Another pressure. Grandma <laughs> yeah. watching what you're cooking. <laughs> oh, she's a heart. I always felt so stressed cooking for her, especially because it was vegan. She's a hardcore meat eater. Yeah. So it was just it was interesting to observe her eating my food. And she, she enjoyed it, but it's not like she would ever put something like that together herself. Yeah. It's tricky to cook with ingredients that you're not confident with, but even if you just learn the basics and start experimenting a little bit in the kitchen with like super easy things to put together rather than trying to mix 20 different flavors, yeah, then that will start to build your confidence. And if you're paying attention to what you're using and saying, ah, okay. You know, red capsicum goes really well with eggplant. It goes really well with zucchini, whatever, like different types of vegetables in the kitchen. And next time... This might
0: be better suited for curry versus stir fry versus baked or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. start to figure that out.
1: Or even just what you like. Like I don't like baked zucchini. Yeah. But I'll eat it in any other form. Baked for some reason, just I just don't like it. Yeah. So you know, you kind of get to know the things that you like and what your spouse likes and what your family likes and dislikes as well.
0: Yeah. Could I make another note of that? Because I think, again, if you're in a relationship, you might experience this as well. But yes, we have a shared grocery list that we've talked about before as, as our productivity system, but I'm not very active in it. And I don't come to the markets with you as much as I used to or probably should. So I think... I'd also argue that you might have a bit more awareness of the ingredients at the time of purchasing. And there's a subconscious... what's in the kitchen. And subconsciously, I've watched you when you shop, when you pick up, produce you're like oh i could use that i could probably use it for this or this or this oh i could probably use this for this 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 like it's rarely a time where you just buy an ingredient for the sake of just having the ingredient in the house
1: well if it's something that i normally don't buy then i kind of think in my head what would i do with this before i buy it so that i don't waste it
0: yeah and that's the other thing you tend to buy the same produce every single week so it's in season yeah because it's in season
1: and i buy mainly from one store so they seem to have the same sort of stuff
0: if you're not closely connected to what's coming into the house, hmm. it's another barrier when you step into the kitchen because oh, you yeah. haven't had that subconscious, subconscious connection from when you're buying the ingredients yeah. to already have pre-planning.
1: Yeah. Or even to, just think like, oh, think, this is what's available to me rather yeah. than spending time like going through the cupboards and the fridge and...
0: Yeah. Like right now, like in any given day or in any given hour, you have some sort of awareness of what's in the house. Yeah, you've got like Jedi powers. Like you can probably just Jedi think. Powers. You could probably just go. Mm, yep, we have two zucchinis. One. No, mu- I no. Don't. okay. <laughs> no, but you. Unless
1: have, I'm literally the only one that's cooking and in yes. the kitchen, then yes.
0: But you have really good awareness of our stock. Yeah, I have no awareness. Yeah, right. So that's that's another. And tip. I know that feeling. Yeah, and
1: I honestly do know that feeling well. Okay. You know, because we are currently living with my parents um, until we move overseas and. When my mom goes shopping, I've got no like. Currently, she went to the markets yesterday because I couldn't get there. I've got no clue what's in the fridge. Yeah. And for me to now go into the kitchen and be like, okay, I get a feel gonna, for it. I've got no clue what she's what vegetables are in the fridge, yeah. and she buys a lot of leafy greens. Yeah. It's like great. And she mom. does a lot of
0: juicing, so there's a yeah. lot of things that are like, oh, that's like 50% discounted to juicing. <laughs> so, so this is the thing. My tip would be if you're in this dynamic where you're not. At the point of attack of ingredient purchasing.
1: Point of attack. Or whatever that
0: meant. <laughs> you should probably, like, if you're planning your meals for the week, go into the kitchen first and yeah. figure out what you have. Yeah. Or get more involved in, in the, the purchasing. shopping. Yeah. Get more involved there because. Or put
1: your thing or put what you would like in the shopping list. Yeah. The shopping yeah. list yeah, because so this, uh,
0: seriously, this is like the difference between getting in the kitchen and not for me. It's, oh, like, you forced me to get black eyed beans. Hmm. when we went to the asian well, grocery,
1: not you no you're like are you sure like, you
0: don't want these black eyed beans and i'm like oh yeah get it and then it ended up being a hit but
1: you use them that next yeah day.
0: but it's like when i'm out shopping because i find shopping for ingredients i don't enjoy it as much hmm. i'm not very interested in that process and but that's actually a really key part to cooking right so if you ask any chef um, you know, their, their meals are only as good as the ingredients. So like the well, ingredients... they're
1: connected to the food yes. and they've actually put in thought and picked out... I always go through and pick out the freshest looking bunch of parsley or coriander or radishes, whatever it is. I'll try and pick the best of what's available mm. to me. Um, and the fresh. Like even the other day when we were in that organic grocery store, I said to the girl, can you please go... Like the coriander looked super sad. I was like, can you just go and double check if you have any fresher in the back? And they had two bunches and I was like, great, thanks. Yeah. Because I want to feel good about what I'm pulling out of the fridge rather than like, oh, that looks a little bit meh. Yes. Let's just shove it back in the fridge and cook with something else. And I'm big on no wasting. So I'll always cook with things that need to be used up first before I'll use up more fresher ingredients because I don't want it to be wasted. Yes. So, again, it's having that skill and awareness of what is in your kitchen and being flexible and able to cook with different things. For sure. So, that is a massive, like I kind of take it for granted when I think about it to go, I can whip up random things whenever. I mean, and, but sometimes that can also be like demotivating because you end up just falling back on the same sort of stuff.
0: You go to your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. and you
1: don't venture but that, out but and that's try okay. different things. And I think that's
0: the other point I wanted to make for... Uh, newbies in the kitchen is building your rotation, like building a recipe portfolio. Yeah, uh, Marsha obviously, like we run the Minimals vegan, and like every Friday there's a recipe going out, so it's like that's part of your job.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: to cook. Yeah, but for those who are not in that fortunate position, I think we can all benefit from trying to build our own food portfolios. Yeah, and and, and you've even got one going. Yeah, I've know, got like, one going. Yeah. I've probably got five or six recipes I'm really proud of. Like mm. I could probably cook a lot more than that, but five or six I'm really proud of that. I know I can make. Yeah. I know I can cook. And that gives you a lot of confidence. So now I can go to the grocery list and request specific ingredients mm. knowing that to this is able gonna to be a, Yeah, to it. be able to yeah. execute on it. So that's a really great place to be in. But if you're starting out, like it might just be getting to your first great meal. Mm. Like how do you get to the first one and like everyone in your family is digging it, mm. your 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 And honestly, it it. gives you so much confidence when you
1: see, I mean, for us personally, I don't know anyone that doesn't enjoy seeing someone else enjoy their food. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's a great feeling. And then, so how do you get to one, two and three, your first three meals that you're nailed and you know the ingredients and to the point where you start playing around. Yeah. You know, like when I make tofu Scramble now, like, like it's evolved so much over the years. But even in the making, like when I make tofu scramble and scrambling the firm tofu itself, like I just, uh, you know, I just decided I'm going to do thin slices first and then scramble it and then squash Then crumble it. Then crumble it. And it was so much faster and easier. Like, I'm just like, but it's because I've made this meal and I already know what Mm. the beginning, middle, and end is going to look like. Mm. You start fooling around. And it's a great place to be. And if you don't have
1: all of the right veggies that you normally put into it, you might have one or two. But then you might throw something else in it's there not the if end of you the don't world. have the same spices. Like if we don't have tamari, it's not the end of the world. You can just substitute it for... I don't know. The tamari is a... Uh.
0: Tamari is...
1: But you can just put salt.
0: Yeah, I could. I mean, it's not the same. Yeah. I wouldn't be nailing the still, recipe. But it's still, a, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. still <laughs> adaptable. Yes, you yes. You know, like without tofu, you've got nothing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah know? of course. So it's not <laughs> like it's... <laughs> true true so but yeah so it's like how do you build your rotation over time and then you build your confidence in the kitchen and then you can start getting a bit more creative Mm. Um, I think that's a really good place to start
1: but I mean let's I just want to briefly go back to the point of what we were talking about before when you asked me you know like I want to talk a little bit more about the why like why would someone want to acquire the skills of cooking I came up with a few different reasons as to why someone would. Sure. I guess one of them is to save money. Because mm. seriously, you could cut down your bill on food every week by like up to a, a quarter of it. Yeah. If you eat out all the time versus cooking at home. Mm. The other thing is... But,
0: but with that, a couple of things I'll caution with that is just because I'm aware of a lot of diets that they're eating at home but of very cheap processed foods. Yeah. And that's really cheap. Like, I'm talking... Yeah. So, so it's also like, yes, there is... I just also want to make it clear, like, the way we cook and the way that used pioneer cooking, um, particularly with organic produce, it can add up. Yeah. And we know this because we did the minimalist money spreadsheet and we're like, oh, okay, there's a bit of money being invested here in food but it's a big priority for us. But, again... We it's thought still about
1: still cheaper over eating out. Still though.
0: cheaper than eating out, based on the standards that we want to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not like we're going through a McDonald's drive-through for yeah. like you know between the two of us spending ten dollars. So there is that difference. Yes. Mind you, if you challenge me to put together a great meal for ten dollars for the two of us, I'm sure I could do it. Yeah, you could. So there's Baked just. mac and, that. and cheese. Boom. Yeah, there's a lot of different dishes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I just thought I'd throw that one in there. It was a good, good recipe. <laughs> um,
1: and so the next one is also to just empower yourself. And I think that that's a really good thing um, to be able to start creating delicious recipes and feel confident with it. Yeah. So I find that a really important thing. It's like anything in life, you know, acquiring a new skill can give you a boost of self-confidence. Yes. And getting creative in the kitchen and making delicious meals for people is something that you can literally do day in, day out. So, it can be a...
0: And you get you get so many opportunities to practice. Yeah. That's... As you said that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, you literally can practice every day hmm. to get better at this skill yeah. for your lifetime.
1: Yeah. The other great thing and w- one of my favorite thing is knowing exactly what's in your food. Oh. So, because I do like to know what I'm cooking with and I do check ingredients on products. When you go out, unless you're literally watching over the shoulder of the chef, you've got... I mean, you do obviously know what's in it, if it's vegan or not, or but you still don't know if they're using a pre-made sauce, if they're using these things that you normally wouldn't use at home. Mm. So it kind of leaves you wondering, Ah, oh, if you have an upset stomach, you kind of can't... Some, sometimes you can pinpoint it, but sometimes you can't because you have no idea what they've used.
0: Yeah, because you're a big reflector on how you process food. So Yeah. It, and you're always trying to trace back ingredients. Mm. Like if I <laughs> tell you there's a glimmer of something wrong with me with my digestion or anything, you're like, oh, what did you... Well, your last three meals? Yeah. Okay, specifically, what Okay, what was in them? You, you never know, tell yeah, me yeah, that yeah, <laughs> you get annoyed at me yeah.
1: asking you that. It's interesting because... Even when you want to recreate something that you've had out and once you learn what's in it, you probably, like I've caught myself wanting to replicate something that I've eaten out and Googling it and, you know, seeing what's in it. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not buying those ingredients. Wow. I'll just enjoy it out every now and then, maybe once or twice a year. Or I might even be disgusted at what's in it and not want to, you know, have it again. I've, I base a lot of importance on that fact. Yes. In in itself. And also acquiring the skill of cooking can help you to satisfy your own cravings. Whereas sometimes, again, being vegan, you can't satisfy. Like when you're craving something super specific or you feel like something, it can actually be much easier just to make it at home than Mm. by going out of your way to the other side of town because there's nothing close to you to get that. And I find that a lot in vegan groups... On Facebook, when I every now and then when I pop in, people are like, "Oh, I'm craving this. Where can I get that?" Half the time, you can't. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So making it at home is really your only option. Yeah. And then acquiring those skills to be able to do that, I think. Well, is yeah. Quite. My quite birth good. My
0: birthday is a prime example of that. Like, <laughs> I, I make you just. Yeah. Like, okay. So we talk about minimalist gift giving. Food. Food for me. I think, it's
1: not so minimal though. <laughs> nah, no, no, I,
0: I don't. But like in terms of like, I don't really care about any physical items. But yeah. food, I really care a lot mm. about. I probably put a lot of pressure on you, but like yeah, just a bit. But like yeah, like lasagna. I spend
1: is, in the two days yeah. in the kitchen <laughs> leading up to your birthday.
0: The vegan lasagna is a huge request because I know I just can't really have that experience out. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a prime example. It's interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah. And the last one is becoming healthier. I think that if you're paying attention to the ingredients that you're you're using at home and generally like you'll actually watch the amount of salt, the amount of, you know, oil, the amount of sugar that you're putting into your food. Mm. I mean, I know that I do like I'll go out and eat a piece of cake, but then when I make a cake at home, I'll normally hold back on the sugar Especially if I'm following someone else's recipe, I'll be like, "You're putting how much sugar in that? I don't think so." So I kind of tend to reduce it a little bit. And Michael's laughing because he, he, uh, he knows that to be very true. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're very yeah. You're light. Yeah. You go light on things.
1: Yeah, I'm not heavy-handed like some people. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that way, you know, sometimes it is nice to indulge and have things out. But when you want, you go out. And, you have control. Yeah. yeah, but you have one slice. But when you yeah. make a whole cake at home, you will probably have a couple of slices. So you do have to kind of pare it back to balance it out a little bit. Yeah, that's my viewpoint. Anyways. No, I think
0: that's those are great tips because you're talk like you're talking about awareness, and I think mm. being vegan in itself gets you more connected. I feel, to animals, the planet, and everything in general. But then when you're eating plants and you're being so mindful about uh, what you're consuming, I mean, what better way to be aware than making it yourself? Yeah. If you're the mechanic that can literally build a car... Mm then when something goes wrong, you know exactly where it is. Like you intimately yeah. know the, the, the machine and the mechanics and how it works. So mm. to be able to make your own food, you know everything that's gone inside of it. And yeah. you've got that awareness and that data. So mm. yeah, I think those are some really good tips. Yeah. So that's the why. Now the how. So we talked a little bit about the how in terms of building your rotation, um, getting ahead of ingredients um, is going to be really important and planning your meals in advance when you're starting out. Until you can get to that and level getting of experience, super
1: easy recipes that you don't yes. feel overwhelmed by, or that will draw out for a you know two hour session in the kitchen. Every yeah, you day. want some
0: quick and easy. Like I remember when we first became vegan, uh, we went on this like we just made wraps. I think mm. we've talked about this before on a previous podcast episode, but we like the versatility of wraps because of you can change the type of protein from beans to tofu to tempeh. You could change the different types of salads you want in there. You can change the sauces. You can have hummus one day, then avocado sauce the next day yeah. um, So or peanut sauce. Like You can just rotate a lot of the inputs in that and we found that to be a really great way to always have enough food initially as we found our feet Yeah. in our plant-based cooking. But I also wanted to talk about some cooking techniques, like just some really basic, well, I don't know, depending on who you are might be basic techniques that you should probably learn in the kitchen to as a foundation. So, I've got a list here. So, one of them is chopping onions and garlic. Look, I it, particularly in my household and upbringing with African-style dishes, a lot of them start with a foundation of onion. Yeah. So that to me has always been something that was drilled into my mind mm, as I watched too. my parents cook. So it was the same for you. Yeah. so we've always got lots of onions available yeah and garlic, cloves of garlic so being able to chop that is like essential skill yeah um, in in our household. What are some other ones?
1: So things like cooking rice or pasta I think is also a really good base to have yes. or you know quino- any grains really quinoa buckwheat, millet, sure. so those types of things. But just as a basic, literal, basic, basic, pasta and rice are probably where you want to start. Yeah. Um, and then you can build upon that as you go along to open up your options as to what you can have Diff- with your... Yeah. With As kind of like your base.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and like that, uh, It's it seems straightforward, but like... It, it, it's it's a slightly different approach for each grain, and it's a different approach between white rice and brown rice. Like, it, it's all there's some nuance in there that you need to kind but of figure out. Once you
1: pick it up, yeah, you know, it's pretty like I don't even think twice about it now.
0: Yes, but I'm more thinking about those who are just starting yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, I'm
1: just saying, as you know, as time like goes I still on. can't,
0: like potatoes, we talked about this off air. Potatoes stress me out. I can bake potatoes, but boiling them, it seems so simple. Uh, I still struggle to get the right. Like okay, like some some people don't peel their potatoes. Some people peel them, um, and then like putting them in boiling water and then testing them to make sure they're ready. And then having well, so a consistent. You don't put them in boiling water. I mean, you put no, you cold correct water. <laughs> cold water and boil them. But then like making sure they're all consistent size.
1: Yeah.
0: Things like that. Mm.
1: Um, so they cook at the same yes. time.
0: Um The other thing as well is. Is having a sharp knife. Mm. So, uh, like, this is you really notice this when you have a sharp knife, and then you don't have a sharp knife. Or you just have a yeah. knife
1: that you fall back on all the time. Yeah. That you that you pull out for everything that you're making.
0: Absolutely. And I don't think you need a sharp knife. Means you need an expensive knife. I just think you need to know how to sharpen the knife. Mm. So investing in a in a knife sharpener. Uh, It's going to be critical, but believe me, that's going to change your whole cooking experience. And it just makes you feel more professional when you're able to just slice through and you save more time as well. Mm. And it's safer, I believe. Like when you're having to really struggle to... Well, it's
1: safer and you just still got to be careful if you're working with a sharp knife because you could cut yourself. The other way you could cut yourself as well, it's just more dangerous because you're not able... You have. You're struggling, you use more force, exactly. Yeah. So, and there's also things like creating a few basic dressings to have on rotation. Oh, yes. For things like salads, even just drizzling over roasted vegetables, just having something super simple to start you off with and then building on that. So, if you can have a couple of extra options... And then you can use them as sauces like satay, you can do with stir fry, or you can put it over rice or over multiple
0: different things. Yes, yeah, so or you can use tahini and a butter, like a bowl of vegetables or yeah. uh yeah, or you can use like avocado as a t- sauce or hummus. Oh my god. Like as you talk about that, it's like I'm getting hungry. So <laughs> critical actually. Yeah. Because Oh, I remember when we first launched the Minimalist Vegan and I'm like, oh, we had like a roundup post of like vegan sauces. Yeah. And that was like really important to me because it was plant-based cooking. I just experienced was just taken to another level if you just had the right sauces. Um, it it's going to add so much joy to your cooking and it's stuff that you can actually, you know, just put in a jar and use the next day and a day after that as well. Mm. Uh, What else do we have on this list? We've got salads, which ties into the dressing. So having the right dressing for the salad, but also just having leafy greens available. Yeah. Um, because you can pretty much, you, you want to add it to as many meals as you can. I'm guilty of, of, of not, but because I'm married to you, there's always leafy greens around. Um, and it's not just leafy greens, but like, you, I know you've introduced fermented vegetables to my life as well. Mm. So having that as a, uh, like mm. a, a, a some added variety. It,
1: it's not even just leafy greens, you know, it's even just having things like, radishes cucumber tomato and you can mix that through the leafy greens and then add some nuts in there as well yes and then add you know just even a base of balsamic vinegar and olive oil and salt and pepper
0: yeah and you're good to go yeah love it the I, i also wanted to uh make the distinction between uh steaming baking and frying uh specifically around vegetable and and trying to master all those different types forms of cooking and approaches Mm -hmm. for me like baking and frying i'm quite confident with but steaming on the other hand i haven't got much experience, but I think those are some real fundamentals in terms of approaching your cooking style in a plant based kitchen. Anything else you want to add before we move on?
1: No, I think we've covered a lot of the the basics yep. in terms of just getting started in the kitchen.
0: Some equipment that we feel is essential when you're just getting started out. Hmm. And this is just in our experience. So we've already talked about knives.
1: Well I guess the things that we use on a regular basis. Yeah.
0: Like if you took them away yeah like like we'll probably struggle to function a little bit
1: the main two gadgets that we use are blender and food processor sure so they're the two that i find that i rely on the most in the kitchen and that i think is really important to have you know there's a lot of other gadgets that people use but they're the two that i find that are quite versatile in what they're capable of doing for you.
0: Yes. And even w- was it, if, if somebody really wanted to pare down their costs, w- if you had to pick one or the other, because I didn't realise until we had this super intense blender that you can use it for a lot of savoury dishes. So all of a sudden yeah. we're making sauces, we're making curries, we're making paste. Like you can do all, a few things that you can do in a food processor but in a blender. mm Um, and vice versa and vice versa right so if you had to pick one Mm. because there is an overlap
1: there is an overlap but see i use them just as much as each other okay so it depends on the blender like if you can get a really good quality one that comes with the stick and so that you can do more dry goods then that will be fine um but also a really good quality food processor can blend things really well yeah So probably want to invest. Yeah, it's just investing in one of them. And you think it's like
0: I think it's definitely worth investing. Like actually, it's a totally different experience from getting like a cheaper piece of equipment. Like in this situation, we found right. Especially
1: with sauces, you don't want chunks in there. Like if you're trying to make like a good creamy sauce, you don't want bits of you know things like cashews and because that just ruins the experience. Yes. Okay. So yeah, but, so they're the two like electronic pieces of equipment, but then there's also things like, you know, good quality pan, like a frying pan that's not, uh, that's a non-stick one, but that's not a Teflon non-stick. So one like a cast iron one um, is good. A uh, brand that I really love is Solid Techniques and they make really beautiful cast iron pans that are solid, but that aren't ridiculously heavy. Yep. So um they're a really good investment as well. And, and the stainless steel pots. And stainless steel pots. I mean, I've never been a fan of nonstick for many reasons, but if you are at the beginning of your journey or need to upgrade anything, I definitely go for stainless steel over nonstick, even in the frying pan. I mean, it's you're better off getting a nonstick one which over time with seasoning, a cast iron becomes. Yeah. It makes a a big difference, especially if you're using it every day.
0: Yes. Sure. And then we've got bowls.
1: Bowls are really important. Bowls are huge. Yeah. So, if you're baking something, if you're mixing in a bowl, if you've got salads, if you just need somewhere to chop things up and put them in there until you put them into into the saucepan or, you know, if you're tossing through like a seasoning over something that you're about to roast or cook. Good two or three different size bowls are an essential in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. And extra an extra points if you can have a little bowl to capture um, like all of the ends of your vegetables and scraps and things like that if you have a compost. Oh, yeah. Um, as yeah you, so, as we you're always cooking keep along. one of those I don't know about you, but like bench. I find that's like really critical because when we're dealing with so much produce natural produce there's all these offcuts, and uh, having a place to put it very quickly speeds up the efficiency in the kitchen yeah because then uh what used to happen before is i'll just end up with this big pile of scraps and it would get really messy as you're cooking as well yeah so that's, that's some equipment that we we'll would recommend and I we and use a, grater. a bit on oh, a grater yeah a little I grater. Never use a grater
1: so for like grating ginger or lemon zest or anything like that yeah. i find that i'd I pull that out quite often as yeah well. and a strainer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we could go on. but <laughs> let, let's <laughs> but keep let's that, uh, at the, the fundamentals <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then um, just very quickly, rapid fire, some staple. When we say ingredients, we wanted this like the ingredients that we really, we couldn't function without and we'll link to a post I think it's called our minimalist vegan pantry from memory. It's like a little infographic showing you exactly of the key things that we keep in our pantry. Yeah. To give you some insight. But we just wanted to, like, we mentioned tamari earlier. I think that mm. for, for the stuff I cook anyway is completely essential. Yeah. And, like, these are the things that, like, when it's not in the house, it's, like, raise the alarms. Mm. It's, like, where's the tamari? Who uses it tamari? Where is it? Or, like, where's the rice? Um, and is there any staples that you f I I I'll just assume that oil.
1: Yes. Would Olive be, oil in particular. Yep. And, like, a... Grapeseed or sunflower oil. Sure. Um, rice bran oil for cooking. Yeah, like just a neutral oil. Yes. Um, I find is an es- an, an essential as well. Some form of lentil. Yeah. I like to have in the kitchen as well to use either for soups or stews or dal's or whatever.
0: Yep. Onion and garlic. Yeah just always yes always there
1: canned tomatoes
0: things like coconut cream come into seasons yeah. and, and they're needing that but but i'd say those are probably the the things that we just need as a foundation to keep going
1: well and then you know your fruits and vegetables yes. but yeah besides that and then nut milks as well yeah yeah that's another
0: one and if, if for me certainly bread yes good quality like without bread it's, it's yeah. There. And because that's
1: like kind of, <laughs> <laughs> okay. you're gonna cut the list somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah yeah okay um, you could tell how yeah. passionate we are oh my god i'm i'm not a foodie but i'm feel like
1: my stomach I, is rumbling right is it? now i'm so hungry yeah. after this episode so i had some questions for you because we talked about you know obviously our different skill levels and i guess you're more relatable to people that And you in the kitchen or that don't have too many skills or have too much of an interest Mm. in cooking. Being with me for such a long time, I still... I'm actually (laughs) not confused. I'm just wondering. What's your blockage still when it comes to getting in the kitchen?
0: I think I think probably the things that we talked about before. Yeah, so not
1: having like the right ingredients and... Yeah,
0: I need to plan. So, uh, I think... Look, I'm at a point now in my life where planning becoming essential for everything, like planning to exercise, planning to produce content, planning for everything. Like it's just becoming really essential and I think it's the same for food. So, um, it's...
1: So, if you planned on a regular basis, there's too much you uncertainty, you'd spend more time in the kitchen? I think so, for sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I think we experimented a little bit with that over the last couple of weeks of when there was... A meal in the calendar mm. that I put in there that I had thought about and ensured that there was ingredients for it happened, yeah, so when you but then the next week that wasn't there, mm. and I was nowhere to be seen, <laughs> so
1: besides your avocado on toast,
0: yeah, so <laughs> because then it became like this this reactive, uncertain situation mm. you know pleasing you know cooking for myself and others not knowing what's available all those barriers and that overwhelm yeah just completely puts me off yeah before before working full-time in a minimalist vegan it was it was interest mm-hmm. because you know i was always someone who worked quite a lot of hours a lot of energy and hours and i'd come home and i'd work more and the last thing i wanted to think about was cooking mm. like the last thing that was on my mind was being in the kitchen for 30 to 45 minutes trying to prepare something
1: but i think if you probably planned it and you knew what you had to make you're mo- more likely to be motivated just to yeah. get it done for sure yeah
0: yeah and and i should also say like the very few times that i took food to work it particularly is a vegan so it's it's like a little form of activism Mm. Because people are always asking and wondering what you're eating Because they know you're vegan And particularly if it smells good or whatever They're, they're curious to know And it starts a really positive conversation So yeah. that's one thing is like I will i would rarely bring lunch to work mm. I would always eat out
1: I remember a few years ago when we were house-sitting, I think And all of a sudden, woke up one day And you're like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to be a raw <laughs> <laughs> chef <laughs> And now I'm just reflecting back and thinking what on earth motivated you to actually want to do that?
0: At the time, I think, and and I still believe that plants and eating a raw plant-based diet is one of the healthiest things you can do for your body, if you can digest it. And I just thought, wow, if I was able to acquire skills in that raw cooking, it would be a way to really transform my health. Hmm. So that's where the motivation was coming from.
1: So where along the lines did you decide that you didn't want to do it anymore?
0: Don't know. I don't think I got enough momentum quick quickly enough. I didn't experience, put myself in a situation to get quick wins early, like, okay. um, and then I lost momentum.
1: Okay, you're the type of person that absolutely loves eating food. Yeah, and I I just find it really interesting when people love eating food but they don't love cooking food. So, talk to me a little bit about where that disconnect is, you know, that passion for eating food, but not passion for actually cooking
0: it. Well, it's the perceived effort, right? If there's a lot of professional athletes that have chefs, Mm. they have dedicated chefs so they can spend more time training. Yeah. So, there's an appeal of, you know, enjoying food, enjoying the benefits of food, but not having to roll up the sleeves and do the work mm. of making food. And I think that's a very natural thing for people. I think, mm. I don't know many people who don't love having a nice meal cooked for them. Yeah, yes. but it's
1: like that intrinsic curiosity to kind of want to do things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. satisfy that craving for yourself to like get yeah. in the kitchen and be like, oh, I'm going to make something really delicious for myself.
0: Yes. you know. I think it's confidence mm. as well. I think it's all those things. Again, like, you know, when, when I experience where momentum, where you are able to have the ability, mm. like when you, when cooking all of a sudden it's not a chore, it's like, no, you have something to add here. Mm. Then that's motivating to do it more and more and more. But in the absence of that, you don't have the confidence. Yeah. So, but you can still enjoy eating it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. But you don't have the confidence to make it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, you've been doing now one meal a day since April. I'm curious to know, since you're only eating once a day and you love food so much, how has that changed your relationship with how you view food and cooking? Like just in general, like do you find that it's, because you mentioned before that it's become, you know, a higher risk to go out and eat something and be satisfied and get enough food in you. Or do you feel that that's in any way motivated you to want to learn how to cook so that you can have that higher chance of success? Yeah, with what you're eating.
0: Without question, when you have three opportunities to eat in the day, you can have you can one or two bad slide. deals. Yeah, you can have one or two meals that are like, eh, whatevs. I, yeah. I don't, I don't really care about this. Dinner's coming or lunch is coming. Yeah. Um, but when you've got one meal, mm. uh, it's yeah, there's a bit riding on that. Mm. You know, there's a bit riding on that from um a nutrient level, from a taste level. Um so when I have a poor meal in my one meal a day
1: You're filthy. <laughs>
0: i uh yeah. My mood is affected. Yeah. Um because I'm like, oh that's my that's my wasted opportunity today. Mm. So I think that has definitely motivated me to uh just care more about the experience of eating and cooking.
1: Mm. I'm just, it was interesting because when I was reflecting on a on this episode and I was like, I know where Michael's at with his cooking and all of that. And I was curious, like we're 31, like how do you see yourself at the age of 40? Like do you want, are you curious to want to like master anything in terms of food or Look, like I, do you want to publish a cookbook yourself <laughs> one day? Like where uh. where are you at?
0: And Marsha asked that because she's she half knows that at any given moment something like that could come into my head. Yes. Um. But I, I I'm definitely at a place where, yeah, like cooking, like we we had an episode about moving the body, and cooking. Like these are things that I'm realizing we have this great tool of minimalism to be intentional about how we live our lives, and we're so good at saying no to things. Um, but I'm realising that are we saying yes to the right things? Yeah. And and I feel like, you know, moving the body is so fundamental, being able to cook is so fundamental. They create those experiences away from digital screens. Yeah. Um. So why not say yes to those opportunities more moving forward? So mm. I think cooking is moving up the priority list, mm. but... Um, for me, my motivation is going to come from st- continuing to make progress and have positive feedback, mm-hmm. and and just extending that rotation. So if I've got five or six meals that I'm confident with, then I just want to keep adding recipe after recipe and building my own little portfolio. I don't think there's any interest to make a cookbook or whatever, but I also feel like I also feel like there's a living with you and your family has motivated me mm-hmm. because I think. It's just this realisation of like the foods that you like and naturally enjoy, where that comes from. It's just so obvious now. I see the link between you and your family. You all have similar tastes in some things that are completely different to mine. So I almost then I've
1: introduced so much new to my family. So it's yes, like, yeah, you know, yeah. there's that balance of something that i've grown up with and now like all of the skills and i guess things that i've adapted to and have started experimenting with and my tastes, my sorry my palette has adjusted over the years yeah that i'm kind of like bit of old me bit of new me a bit of michael's influence as well so it's it's interesting to see the You're fluidity seeing,
0: yeah your palette and your interests is very it's got a lot of variety and influences which is cool mm. But, I mean, for me specifically, I know that if there's some things that if I don't make, I'm not going to eat. Yeah. That's just the way I feel. I just, yeah. I'm i looking at the data and, this, and and what I'm experiencing in the house.
1: Yeah, like satay.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I know that, like, unless I make it, I'm not going to have it. So, I also feel like it's it, it, it's just like when your parents make something that's, like, from their background –
1: like, You'll never make that, yeah. But I'm like yeah. loving that, yeah.
0: Wow, and then I'm able to bring something from like an African background in, and they're like appreciating it. I think this is this really nice synergy and like sharing, Mm-mm. and um, that that's exciting to me. So I think at first of all, it was just a selfish obligation of like, no, I need like, I want more of this foods in my life, so I'm gonna have yeah. to go take it upon myself. <laughs> um, but now it's more like a it's like, cool, like, what are some other and I'm more specific. I'm uh, more interested in like Ghanaian meals and mm-hmm. veganizing them, yeah, and mastering them, and and, See, and it sounds
1: like you've got to book up your sleeve, Michael.
0: But yeah, but just making sure that like, because I know when you eat it, it's like something fresh for you, yeah, you know. And it's like I like that feeling too, where it's like I'm not just cooking the things that you might cook, mm. because then it's like then you're judging my yeah, skills against yours, myself, yeah? yeah. But when I bring something completely different, it's like yeah. I'm in my own little yeah. So Unless I think
1: your mum or, or sister have cooked it for me before and then I compare it. Yeah, to then it you've got it. a reference point.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Um, but even then, that's so rare. So yeah. um, but yeah, so that's really motivating. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But no, guys, I think um, get in the kitchen. Like, yeah. that. Start uh, it's somewhere. Start somewhere. Get one meal under your belt, two meals under your belt. Use cookbooks if you have to. Use YouTube. Visit the minimalist vegan slash recipes. Minimalistvegan.com slash recipes. Marsha's got hundreds of recipes there. Uh, I've got a few that I've contributed as well with an African twist. So I think it's just like grow, like the more passionate we are about food, mm. uh, and we see the passion. We see we see the passion in all these chefs that we admire from afar on television. Mm. Um, but I think it's just building that confidence ourselves in the kitchen to 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 the point where that if we come home after a long day at work or all day with the kids or running your business all week, you still have the love. To be yep. able to make food or prepare in advance, so you don't, you can streamline a little bit more. It's all mm. worth it, and knowing that at some point, what you can produce may even be better than what you can buy out. Yeah, and that's a big deal. Yeah, that shifts the equation totally. Mm. So we went out and had one of the best vegan luxes last week. Yeah, we've been talking about it for days, but Marsha has the confidence to go. Well, I can make a luxa. Mm. Why don't I try that? So. That's what I mean by confidence over time is like it might start off with something really basic like pasta and tomato sauce. There's but just so many You could end up making a luxa. Like, like yeah, you know, it's, so it's just so it's much creativity. Ending. And if you, if you have a different background, like if you come from, there's a particular thing that your, your parents have passed on, your grandparents have passed on or your culture has passed on to you. How can you bring that into your relationship and your families as well? Yeah. Uh, and how can we share culture? Mm. Around that, too. Mm. Um, one of my favorite TV shows that we like to watch is a, a Chef's Table on Netflix because it's like the artistry in cooking. But a lot of the their examples are not like master chefs, these are like home and cooks. And they're not even vegan. They're not even vegan. Yeah. But their but home cooks have really just transformed into yeah. something special. And a lot of it is like comes from like just your background and bringing that into your cooking mm. as well. So, mm.
1: and what you're passionate about. Yeah. An interesting, a great resource as well, I don't know how many people are aware of it, I would imagine most people are, is Pinterest. You know, there's a lot of mm. great things on there. And, you know, you can follow our Pinterest account, just search for The Minimalist Vegan on there and follow us. And I share our recipes as well as many others that look delicious. So you can, you know, all of the different boards on there, you can have ideas for, for dinners, for desserts, for breakfast. Yeah you know, the options are endless. So that's a really great resource as well to jump on.
0: That's awesome for recipes. Yeah. Yeah, because we decide with our eyes what to cook exactly. and that's the most visual place to do it. Yeah. All right.
1: Cool. Well, Good thanks, chat. Michael. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and we hope that we've got you excited and pumped about cooking, getting in the kitchen and exploring and, and really... Using it as a priority to to learn a skill that's you know that I feel like sh- we should all have learnt from a very young age, from home or not home, and, and so it's life changing. Yeah, so I three think three meals a day. It's def- well, you, it's one meal one a meal day. a day, yeah. But we are <laughs> eating we're eating
0: and thinking about food all the time. If you yeah. can cook, it's like it it is this life changing.
1: Yeah, so take that on board, and yeah, we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: So there it is, episode 28 of the Minimalist Vegan podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as Marsha and I, um, you know, talked about our journey into cooking and how our backgrounds influence where we are today and, you know, what we think of cooking moving forward. Uh, As we said, if there's one skill to acquire in life, it's going to be cooking, right? It's responsible for for many of us three meals a day so to be able to know where your ingredients come from to be able to make it with your hands and for you to be able to enjoy your own food and to share it with those around you is life-changing so if you're interested in learning more uh, about some of the things we shared in this episode I'd, I'd encourage you to check out our show notes which is going to be at the minimalistvegan.com 028 that's the minimalistvegan.com 028 okay i think i'll leave it at that for this week Thank you again for, for your attention. We don't take your interest for, for granted. Um, if you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes, wherever you are in the world. Um, you can just open up your app and uh, leave an honest rating and review. Your feedback, as I understand, helps the algorithm for our show to be seen and it also helps people decide if this show is right for them. Thanks again for your time and here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Peace.